We know what it means to have been impacted by cancer, to have your life shaken, to have so many of your expectations burned. Welcome to Adventures with Scars. My name is Lauren Huffmaster, and I'm your host as we discuss the emotional side effects of cancer. Over the last few episodes, we've discussed what I have identified as the typical emotional response to cancer. We talked about fear, isolation, and a broken identity. Now that we've established what it feels like to have the experience of cancer, we want to move forward. We want to start looking at what do we do with this information? How do we minimize the impact of the emotional side effects of cancer and begin to heal? Now, in cancer, there's a lot of conversation about curing the disease, but to cure and to heal are two different things. In this podcast, we're going to talk about healing the emotional impact of cancer. Now, when we talk about cure, it means that the damage of cancer is no longer going to grow in your body. A cure is what research creates and peak ribbons represent. It's usually what we think about, but healing reverses this damage. It undoes the brokenness. It removes the scars. Cure is what we're seeking for, but in many circumstances, healing is what we truly need. When we think about the emotional impact of cancer, one thing that's really important to remember, especially as we start this new conversation, is that the emotional side effects of cancer are contagious. So when I live in fear, my household is impacted by my fear. There's a culture of fear in my home that impacts my children and the way they think, the way they approach life, the way they make decisions. The fear also impacts my husband, my mom, my friends. All my fear rolls out of me and onto those in my life. So the emotional impact of cancer is not just for me. Yes, I am the one with the diagnosis. So I'm wrestling with this maybe more than others, but we have to acknowledge that cancer is impacting family and friends the same. And so as we start to talk about healing from this impact, we have to keep in mind those people in our lives who have to heal as well. So the healing process is done for me, of course, but it's also done for my family. To me, this is really important because it's an opportunity for me to do what's right for myself, but knowing that it's also right for my family. It's totally appropriate to be afraid in a time of uncertainty and a time of danger, like the beginning of cancer when you're being diagnosed or during really difficult treatments. It's not okay for me to be afraid when my treatments are over, when my life has is returned to a place where I can define it, I can decide what it looks like. When I'm in that space, my fear should be minimized. And by changing the rhythms of my thoughts and my actions, I'm teaching my family that they can move away from fear and begin a new phase of healing as well. So as we talk about the emotional experience of cancer, we want to think about how are we going to heal? 
when you are hurt, when you are have a, a wound on your body, we know first aid response. We know that we should clean the wound. We should cover it. We should give it clean air. We should give it clean water. We should make sure that it stays protected until the scab comes. And then the scab comes in and we know what to expect. We know that that is the body healing itself and that over time that scab will become smaller and smaller until it falls off and we find we have new fresh skin underneath. We know what to expect when it comes to the healing of our body, but I don't feel like we know how to heal our emotions, our our heart and the relationships that we have. But we must take action in this. We must know how to respond. How do we give first aid to our hearts? Now, when I think about this, when I think about the healing process, for me, because I live in California, what I think about are forest fires. Now, I am not from California. So when I moved here and started to learn about how forest fires happen and and how quickly they create devastation, it blew my mind. The fact that a fire could travel faster than a car and just turn everything in its path to ash is just unimaginable to me. But I have lived here long enough that I've seen multiple forest fires go through the mountains. I've known the mountains beforehand, and then I've seen the mountains afterwards. I've seen the the dark ground, the, the nothing but shoots of darkness where the trees once were. And then I've lived here long enough where I can see where that fire begins to be erased by new growth. When you look at the mountain right after fire, it's black. And sometimes the fire just shoots up one, one particular sort of lane of the mountain. And so one side of the mountain is all green and beautiful. And then there's this like avenue of darkness. And the trees there, sometimes they're completely gone, but sometimes they're these like needles of black shooting into the air. There's a particular road on the way to Yosemite that's like this. And you drive through this whole section of mountain that's just dark. But it's been years now since that fire went through. And now you can see green. You can see shoots of green at first and then little bushes and little trees growing up. And you still see the remnants of the old but now there's new, there's new growing there. And when I think about healing from cancer, this is the imagery that comes to me. One time I was up in Northern California right after a fire and it had been a few months. I was hiking around looking for wild flowers and I came across a stump and it was black and it was charred. It looks like a campfire. And in this stump, I looked in and I saw a poppy, a California poppy growing out of it. I took a picture because it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. This is darkness where a tree had once been, was all gone and demolished and turned to ash. But this frail, tiny thing that was so brightly orange and so beautiful was literally growing from the ashes. And I hang on to this picture in my mind because I think this is the the imagery that we can that we can have for ourselves as we consider our life after cancer. We're going to talk about the healing process of cancer, but I just want to give you a little bit of a beginning imagery as we talk. The first step after your 
your cancer diagnosis is what I call the void. After the mountains have burned, there is a void season. And that's what I'm talking about when I drive on my way to Yosemite. I see this huge empty field of sorts on the side of a mountain where trees and life used to thrive, but now it's just empty. It's been wiped clean. This void season is, in my my estimation, the first year after treatment. Now, the years of treatment, whenever you're going through the new treatment lines and you're figuring out what to do with your cancer, that is what I would call mountains on fire. That's the season when everything stops, everything changes, and a lot of things are wiped away. As soon as treatment ends, that's what I call the void. The void begins because the fire season is gone. The fire season has ended, and now we're looking to the next season, what happens next. But because of cancer and its treatments and the way it shakes our identity, we have often a blank slate. We call that the void. And after that first year of early survivorship, the next season would be a season of growth. And that's exactly what I was explaining to you, where we see these tiny, fragile, beautiful things pop up in our lives out of the ashes of what was once our expectations and our identity. These beautiful, frail things begin to grow and they are so valuable to us because we know that they are ours and they they really, really represent who we are in this moment. The next season is restoration. And in this season of healing, again, thinking about this fire imagery is when the, the trees, the bushes, the everything that's growing get stronger. They become resilient. And this season of restoration is when we become, as, as those impacted by cancer, we can truly stand in our strength again. You know, we, we can stand in strength before our cancer experience, but in many ways, that strength was a strength out of innocence. We looked to our future and we had no expectation for anything negative to ever happen. And we expected our life just to roll along exactly as we planned. And yes, we stood in strength, but it was a strength designed by innocence. Once we hit the restoration stage of healing, we're standing in a different kind of strength. We're standing in a strength that has been tested. We know what it means to have been impacted by cancer, to have your life shaken, to have so many of your expectations burned. But we've healed. We've walked through the process of healing. And now we're in a place of restoration where what has been established in our life post-cancer has strength and can bear the weight. This is a this is a beautiful moment. And this is when a lot of the fears and anxieties slip away for the final time after your cancer experience. <clears throat> we don't get there quickly. And I actually recommend we don't try to get there faster than we should because we have to walk, we have to be able to learn to sit in the void. We have to let the natural growth in our life happen and not try to rush it in order for restoration to happen in a way where we have deep roots so that no matter what challenges we have in our future, we can withstand them. And after we've hit that restoration stage, we have the ability to give back to others. Most people that I meet um, want to start giving back the second their treatments are over. 
they haven't even begun to look at the void in their life. They haven't begun to restore themselves or look at who they want to be, but they just want to give something back. And that is wonderful. If you've been blessed, if you've been taken care of, if you've been well-loved through cancer and you want to give back, I commend you. I'm so glad that you have that ability that your mind goes in that space. But I do want to warn you that the the season of cancer and the healing from cancer is not over quite yet. Just because treatment's in doesn't mean you have been restored. And so I'm laying out this this pattern, this, this path of restoration so that you will not have deep wounds in your life for the rest of your life. I have done a lot of speaking and in many times I go and I lay out this philosophy. And one one situation sticks in my mind. A man who was very successful came to me and he told me that he had been diagnosed with cancer a dozen years ago. And after his cancer treatments ended, he couldn't face his families. He couldn't stay in the same place that he was at the time. So he packed his bags and he moved himself and his business across the world to start a brand new life. And he said, even though he came to a different space with different people, that feeling of uncertainty, that feeling of the hurt of cancer had not been left behind. And he said the only time he really understood what he was facing, what he was running from is when I talked about it at this presentation. I can't tell you how many people are still hurting five and 10 and 15 years post-diagnosis. I can't tell you how many people, even just yesterday, I was speaking to someone who's lost a parent to cancer years ago, but that hurt was still so present and so on top of her mind and in her heart and so hurting still that she was in tears in a public place among her colleagues. And this is probably a typical response to cancer. It's because we haven't learned to heal well. Often I think people people assume that the minute their treatments are over, the minute they can get out of bed, they should jump back into action. They should get busy doing something, going back to life. And I'm just here to give you a word of warning. Try not to do that. (laughs) Try to let yourself heal. If you had a giant wound on your arm or leg, the minute the pain stopped, you wouldn't instantly jump and go up for a run or go work out you would recognize that wound needed time to heal. And if you kept poking at it or if you kept straining it, it wouldn't heal properly. It would scar probably pretty severely and you wouldn't ever feel well while you're doing those those new activities. The same type of reasoning should be applied to the emotional healing of cancer. This is what we're going to talk about. We're going to walk through these steps. The steps of healing, we're going to outline them so that you can consider where you are in your healing process. Now, this is not just for early survivors. If you have never taken the time to heal from a trauma, then you're probably still in the early stages of healing. You have to do the work to heal right 
to find that restoration, to find that place where your identity has been fully restored. And restored doesn't mean it looks like the way it did before. It means that you can stand in that same confidence, that strength now in the new person that you are today, that new growth. And you have the strength to do so and bear the weight of others even in that giving back season. As I mentioned, this healing process really must include others. As we pursue healing for ourselves, we must communicate with that with those we love. They have an element of healing that needs to occur in their life as well. The people who love you also had their expectations for life shaken. They had to let go of expectations, let go of dreams, and they need restoration in that as well. So this next phase, the phase after treatment is a beautiful opportunity for you to invite those who have served you well during your treatments to be a part of who you become. This will not be a burden to them. I think they will be honored and they'll be excited to see you step forward in new strength, even when it doesn't feel like strength, it is strength. When you step forward, create new seeds of hope for your life and for those who you love. So consider the importance of healing, the importance of living with resilience, with strength, not always looking backward to the fears, the isolations of the past, but knowing who you are in the present. Now, this process is what I call the gift of cancer. The people who walk this out well, they are so thankful for their cancer experience. And I know that sounds crazy, but you they are given the opportunity to take true evaluation of who they are, of who they want to become, and they can look at their life and they can curate a new future for themselves. This is a gift to be more intentional to be more precise with your time and your words and your energy and your love. This is a gift that cancer can give you. But if you don't take the time to move through the pain, the awkward emptiness, you won't get there. So let's do this together. Let's walk through the emotional experience of cancer. Let's walk through now that we know what we're experiencing, now that it's been placed into words, let's figure out what we're going to do with it. How are we going to heal? We're going to do multiple episodes in the coming weeks that talks about the different stages of healing. I hope you'll join us as we learn this together. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures with Scars. I'm your host, Lauren Huffmaster, and I am honored that you would join us and learn together about what is the typical emotional response to cancer and how we can share these experiences with one another. 